Hello and welcome back to another exciting episode of Be Meaner Than It. It. With me, Max, and Jake. Wait, I thought we were going to say Be Meaner Than at the same time. Okay, ready? Let's do it. Be Meaner Than than It. it. Suck at this. Damn it. All right, let's just continue. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Our last one ended up abruptly because Zoom... I'm a cheapskate and I'm not going to pay for the pro zoom. Uh, so, yeah. uh, but first let's catch up. I everybody. pay for meds for my award. I, what? I, <laughs> I think it's been about a month. Lots no. happened. I got COVID. That was sweet. I basically cried and sweat in my bed for three days and uh, cried for seven more. And then I got over it. Yeah. It's very impressive to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Are you setting up cameras in my room again? Obviously. Stop it's either me or Big dope. Brother. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Uh, so um, was it Last Contact that we that we uh, read? Yes. Dude. Yes. That was so good. All right. I just rubbed my face. It was so good. book was amazing. And as the young kids like to say it, it was... On fleece, on fire, sicko, beast. I don't know what else, but it was an amazing <laughs> book. Um, I feel like those are all drug references. I feel like they probably are. But I hear the young hip kids saying it nowadays, so I follow what they're yeah. saying. You know, for you, man. Because I want to be, you know, young, hip, and cool. Yeah, of course. That's why we, that's why we podcast. <laughs> I thought we were doing it to make our millions. Yeah, that too, that too. That's yeah, that's obviously tertiary. Um, so anyways, Last Contact was amazing. I absolutely love that book. It was another one of those books where I had to stretch it out for as long as possible until the very end where I just I had to engulf it kind of like Christmas morning. Yeah, yeah. And and uh the book prior to it, um uh convergence. Yeah. Dude, so the end of it, I won't give anything away, but I when he's running from mm-hmm. the bad guys it was like so i i was like right there it was so like intense um oh man i was i was so bummed it ended yeah one thing i love about those two books is it fed right into each other you know what yes. i mean yeah yeah like yeah. it was perfect <laughs> we picked up we picked up right where we left off and and uh, and convergence. I, I I just I love planetary invasion stuff, and so I ate all of that up. Um, I just really loved it. What do you mean? Why are you giving me that face for? You trying don't know what figure, I'm talking about. Trying to figure out how you eat a planet. I they invaded Kima. It was awesome. Oh, it was so good. I was thinking about like a really big man with a huge spoon just going around eating planets. I don't. That's from my. That's savage, dude. That's savage. That's calories right there. It, rem- it actually reminded me of the opening of a uh, of a uh, the first book in um, Savage Wars. Oh yeah. When they when they step down on New Vega, I I've probably read that book several times now, just on its own. And uh, I love that whole scene where they come down into the stadium. Things are just going to hell in a handbasket super fast, and. Uh, the units are kind of getting organized and they start to push out. Um, so cool getting a look at the savages. I just love Galaxy's Edge. 
Dude, I can't wait to see the future of Prometheus. I think there's yes. going to be huge with him. Yes. And almost like maybe, maybe he, he's not going to. There's I, no I way he's going to be good. Should we, but... should, should we talk about it? Uh, yeah, we, let's just do it. Let's yeah. just go. I, dude, I think he's going to be good. I think he's pushing back against everything that's been forced on him and he's creating his own free will and he's going to kill everybody. I think he's going to kill all the savages. Okay. That's interesting because I think he's going to, I think he's going to like rule the uplifted. I don't think he is. I think he wants I to think be he separate. Is. He wants to be what? He wants to be separate. He's too much of a free spirit. No, he's going to rule straight, them all, dude. No, he's he's going to rule straight, them all. He's straight up Billy Idol. Billy Bang. Billy Bang. Billy Idol. Every How day. sweet was that side arc? I loved learning about him on Earth. Yeah. Every day I listen to Rebel Yell by Billy Idol. Huh. I, I, I just want to let you know that. All right. Thank you for letting me know that. I, at least three times a day. <laughs> That's right. fantastic. It's one of the first things I listen to when I get to work. There we go. Out. Okay. All right, back to Forgotten Ruin. No, we're going to start on Forgotten Ruin now. So we ended last time on a quote that got interrupted. And it's so good, I have to get it right. Uh, This is after Talker went full cyclic on the 240. And he asked Sergeant Thor about, is normal gone now? Because if you've ever shot a 240, it is kind of what happiness feels like. I don't know if you feel, you don't feel that way, Jake. I love shooting the 240. Because I shot the 50 cal. So, I okay. mean, I was on that. Okay, on that. Thank, thank you. Yours I mean, is I'm bigger. Just, Yours just is saying. bigger. Great. Thank you for that. Yours is bigger. Okay. So, he yeah, asked Sergeant Thor about, <laughs> about normal. And he says, there is a normal after that, Talker, but it's the new normal. Normal is relative. As in, what's normal to the spider is pure terror to the fly. Be the predator always, talker. Always. That's normal for a ranger now. And here we go. What is the title of this episode? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say we're gonna call this Phaseline Charlie has been defended. No, that's not it. No, we already had a Phaseline Charlie. Yeah, we passed Phaseline Charlie a while ago, didn't we? How about we call it Ranger Alamo? Monsters Incorporated. Ranger Alamo sounds good. Ranger Alamo is what it is. <laughs> Stop derailing us. Sorry. All right, Ranger Alamo. Okay. Uh, Which, it kind of starts off with a lull in the battle. Yeah. We're starting off with a lull in the battle. Talker's getting a look at the centaurs down, uh, kind of more toward the bottom of the hill. They're like these mobile shooting platforms with bows and arrows. They'll like shoot, scatter, shoot, and scatter. Which is kind of interesting because it's a lot of the uh, – I don't know, cartoons or mythology, whatever. I think centaurs always are always pictured with a bow and arrow. Mm, that's good. I was thinking of Fantasia when they're all like super nice and then the rangers shooting down onto them. It was like two worlds mixing and they're like eating grapes and enjoying stuff. And then Thor is just like, Shaboom! and takes a head off. You know, what's and interesting I- about centaurs. They have two rib cages. Wrap what? your mind around that. Yeah. Two rib cages. How can they, how can they have two <gasps> rib- one inside of another? 
No. Or like, do the is it one lawn ribcage? No. <laughs> There's a human torso and a horse torso. They have two rib cages. I just blew your mind right now, didn't I? Wait, would that mean they have two hearts? Yeah, they have two of everything, but the <sighs> rib cage thing was so four testicles. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> gosh. I worry. I worry about you. I worry about you sometimes. <laughs> you said two of everything. I did say that as an error on my part. That's where my mind goes. No wonder we have two listeners. <laughs> because of me. You scare them away with your not safe for work talk. Could you imagine somebody listening to this at work and their boss walks in? They're like, what the heck are you, are you listening talking to? About horse men with four testicles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Anyways, back to this. So they're being pushed back further and further up the hill. They're getting pretty close to the snipers, the casualty collection point and the mortars, which is basically like the tip of that Island on the other side is pretty steep rock face that they're definitely not going to be able to exfil with wounded and civilians and yeah. uh, deep state who's hiding somewhere. Nobody knows. And then there's the giant with two heads. Yes. So they, they're, they're bringing ammo cans back down to this trench. And then this, uh, this big old giant comes, puts his hand over the top of the trench. He's like this gargantuan creature. And he's all dinged up in the face and body from what I'm only assuming is multiple 240 rounds. There's rivers of blood just like pouring out of them, but mm-hmm. it doesn't really seem to have any effect on him. He's still like going at it. And he reaches one big hand over the trench to like hoist himself up, but instead just tears it back. And, uh, oh shoot, who was it? Was it somebody lo- lobs a grenade at him when that happens? It's kind of right next to his face. That goes off and he rears back like he's never felt pain or been concussed like that before and it buys it buys talker and the boys some time and in and in that time everything kind of slows down and we get a lot of uh internal thoughts one of them is talker remembering he has this ring that'll turn him invisible and right away he's ashamed of thinking that because that is his one-way ticket out but it's only a ticket for one and immediately he's ashamed for having it because he would escape, sure, but he'd be leaving his ranger buddies. Uh, it was a small paragraph, Jake. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, the staff, interesting to note, is still tied up with paracord and talker's pack um, when all this was happening. Um, we're going we're gonna to approach things. We're going to talk about two separate things that kind of happen at the same time. Um, one is the grenade going off in the giant's face, which is just so sweet to visualize. And uh, the other is this... Um, well, PFC Kennedy realizes that the, the staff 
I feel like it calls out to him or something because it looks like in the book, he turns to talker and says, Hey, can I have that staff while the giants rearing back? Oh, my face from the M67 talker hands over the uh, staff, which if you remember has like all, it's like abnormally heavy. It's got all kinds of like weird stuff carved on it even like hidden rooms and hidden worlds inside of it. So as you look at it, it's all, it's just strange and hurts to look at almost like Ben's reality a little bit. So Kennedy grabs his staff and he gets up and he says he is the, uh, hold on. You lost your place. No, okay, I found it. <laughs> I, I know I'm going to mispronounce it, but it's I am Maldoron, Emerald Mage of Azathioth. Zathia. Yeah, Zathia. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I looked at something. I, I wanted to make sure that uh, that wasn't a reference to something. It's not, but what I did look at on some sort of D&D website, dndwizards.com, is there is an emerald enclave, and this is probably, I'm guessing this is what Kennedy was playing as, or somebody was familiar with the emerald enclave, because this seems like what Kennedy would have been. He seems like a lawful, good type of dude. Um, they're about the emerald enclave. They believe the natural order must be respected and preserved. Forces that seek to upset the natural balance must be destroyed. And the wilderness can be harsh and not everyone can survive in it without assistance. So this seems like uh, something that an emerald wizard like Kennedy would be all about. So a little insight to Kennedy. That's what he's all about. Hmm. Um, that's kind of interesting. So the flames come out of the staff like a big whip and he, the whip comes out of this giant, this big gigantic fire whip and just flings the giant off the side of the hill. And a few seconds later, like three full seconds later, there's like this huge resounding boom. And Talker says it was like a Moab going off. And I'm pretty sure that thing's not getting back up again. At least we don't see it after that. Um, I love the hero tagline that they tried to bring in that too. Yeah. <laughs> that was a long fall. Talk about a big fall. Yes. Um, okay. So something interesting. I'm going to, that's like my tagline. Um, the next thing that happens is there's this big, like, flash like a nuke just went off um mm -hmm. and it's like this weird big purple electric like flash and i'm glad we are reading this again because i forgot about all of this um i'm, I'm just gonna read it because i can't possibly encompass it it was in that flash that i saw everything all the outcomes heard all the noises and realized i'd never use Oh, shoot. Nope. Never mind. That's something else entirely. <laughs> but he he hears and sees the thoughts of in, in like one second, 
every single orc, every single shaman, everything down to there are these weird uh, bipedal frogs the size of men that have been down the river in the river the whole time. The whole time they've been there, there were these frog shaman dudes. And he was able to look into them in like this instantaneous second and realize they wanted to bring the rangers down and eat them after their bodies got all bloated in the river. Now, could that be a touch into uh, the potential of Talker's powers? Yeah, I would say that because I don't think it references any other rangers realizing this this happening at all. Right, but do you think there's any way Talker could be that powerful where he could read everybody's thoughts? Maybe there was like, maybe that flash like supercharged him for one second. Yeah. And it just made him go into like extreme overdrive mode with psionics. And he was able to see and hear and know everything. Yeah, I and get that even, <laughs> Yeah, I know. Usually on the 12th cup of coffee. <laughs> um, but he also saw outcomes, which is interesting. He saw like the future, you know? Mm-hmm. And in all those outcomes, he, he, he was actually kind of stoked realizing this later, but he never used the ring in any of those outcomes. He always stayed in fight, st- stayed in, uh, fought with the Rangers. So it's a little, a little bump up for him. Like, okay, I, okay. Yeah, I am brave. I can do this. Okay. So another cool thing that happened, I just love I love that the Carl Gustav gets so much love in these books too. Uh, pr- prior to Kennedy flinging a fiery death whip at probably like super comically large at this comically large giant, there was another one. Was was it like a two headed giant? Yeah, the dude. It's a two headed giant, and he's going going after them pretty hard, and then they nail him with the Carl Gustav, and but. It brings them down to either the last round or they're they're black. I don't remember, but yeah, they they completely destroy uh, a giant with an HEDP, so high explosive dual purpose round. I yes. couldn't imagine what it would do to a giant. What is that round? Can, do you know anything about that round? Can you tell high, us what that does? High, high explosive dual purpose. I, okay, I don't understand. Because <laughs> there's like. <laughs> HE rounds obviously are big booms and meant to take out like low to no armor, but a like dual purpose round, like it'll like penetrate in and then explode after penetration. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. That's like an artillery person question. Things I wish I researched before we started doing this. That was the last one shouted the first sergeant to the sergeant major, meaning we were out of Carl Gustav munitions. And that was bad news because I could count at least 10 to 15 giants down there. So this was a problem too, because these bigger giants that were coming on the scene, they were like, hold up. Those guys can carry the forge away. Mm -hmm. That is a problem we did not foresee. Um, then that big lightning, that purple lightning thing happens. Talker goes on like crazy cracked out psionics mode. And the the visuals are interesting. The horizon becomes really close. Everything that's close becomes super far away. Like everything's super distorted when Talker's going on this crazy psionics acid trip. 
Um, and you know, right. If you're reading this, you're like, well, they got the, they got the forge. Like that's, that's definitely in enemy hands now, you know, that's at least what I thought. Um, there is this noise of like a large door slowly opening and these chains, the sound of chains, you don't, he doesn't see them, but there's the, the sound of these chains clinking and falling into like deep depths of reality or, or something similar to that. And it was like sickening to listen to. Um, I felt like I, I heard those big chains uh, falling down and getting into those like reality crevices or whatever you want to call them. Um, if you've ever been on a dock with like, or a shipyard with like these huge ships and they have those large chains uh, for like anchors or something like that. You've never been on an old ship. You've never been on an old ship. I can't say I have. I'm going to stand Here's a little right. fact. Uh, here's a little little fact. I don't like ships. <laughs> I am horrified of the water, mostly because of underwater yetis. Okay. Uh, did uh, did book three or four scare you when they were on those ships? Yeah. Did you picture horrifying. yourself? Horrifying. <laughs> horrifying. But water <laughs> yetis into there. You can't oh, tell me that Sasquatch doesn't live underwater. You know, you're right. Exactly. Therefore, you're he right. does. I can't tell you that he does not. And how much of the water have we actually discovered? Like, <laughs> we've, only, we've only discovered a small amount of the actual ocean. You know that, right? Yeah. And within a small amount, we've discovered, like, freaking humongous squids, weird little fish with lights on their head. I mean, crazy stuff. When we yeah. discover at least 50% of the ocean, we're going to be terrified of what we find. So therefore, I, I don't like the ocean. I wholeheartedly agree with you. Anyways. It sounds like a really I'm terrifying not. place. I'm, anyways, that's, that's my rant for now. Okay. I like Jake rants. <sighs> Underwater yetis, man. All right, so anyways... So his mind, Tucker's mind, is having trouble making sense of these noises, right? He said, he said, I, I knew it was really none of those things, but that was how my mind made sense of it. The light, the noise of the door, the rolling chains, the sense that a door was opening here and in some other faraway place, an anchor being dropped and the near becoming far, the far suddenly becoming near. You know that, you know, they're taking the forge now. Yeah. That's gone. How are they going to get, but my thought immediately went to like, how are they going to get this thing back? Like they wanted to stay on, like they wanted to stay on the hill. Is that something in your D and D world that they could do? Is there um, some rotation? Sort of yeah, spell? there's there's something called um, it's like mage door, but mm -hmm. it's not for like gigantic things like the forge would have been. It's like you can take yourself and somebody else through it. Okay, I'm sure there's other rule kits out there that allow you to do more with that but yeah there is a like you know sort of teleportation type thing uh real quick there's something that reminded me of galaxy's edge in here the giant snake with a human torso and arms uh do you remember imperator 
you remember reading that when yep. uh casper and rex are inside the hulk and they're on that speed rail and those things with human torsos and like tentacles just come out after them oh i don't remember that and the rail crashes and they kind of go away and they're like what was that it's i don't like remember that bar. was that the kai bar i can't remember Gosh, I gotta read that one again. That there was, was such a good one. Crazy scenes within Savage Hulks. Yeah, I remember and they that... got into they got into this like nasty firefight on a Savage Hulk, and they're like fighting in a hallway, and they're doing pretty good. And this like young girl comes out, and then she has all these like psionics. Do you remember? Yeah, that? I do remember yeah, that. Oh, that part was freaking insane. Yeah, that was insane. It's so creepy. I love what they did. I just love Galaxy's Edge so much. Yeah. I tell people that like Star Wars, I'm like, you don't even know. You don't even know what you're missing. You don't even know. Yeah. If you want something good, like what you actually wanted Star Wars to be, you'd read mm-hmm. Galaxy's Edge. I tell people out all the time. It's Star Wars for adults. Okay. Yeah. No I'm more like- little kid stuff. They're like, I love Star Wars. I'm like, you love a G-rated version of Star Wars. Yeah. Galaxy's Edge is the R-rated version. You love the little kid books. Yeah. It's time to step up into the real world, son. Okay. Freaking read Galaxy's Edge. Okay, this is becoming a Galaxy's Edge podcast pretty quick. But Um, so the sound, the sound of the chains and the sound of the door was was like maddening. And hearing, hearing and seeing and processing all the thoughts at once. Um Tucker says, uh, if it had continued for more than a second or uh, gone on one moment longer, I would have gone stark raving mad. And uh, when he sees and hears all these thoughts, uh, he, he realizes that these orcs are fighting because they fear something greater than death. There's something that's telling them to continue this attack because they are scared for what could become of them if they were to be unsuccessful or not follow through something worse than King Triton. That's what they're, they're like fighting out of fear almost, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that's why a lot of these odd creatures are fighting too. They're Mm -hmm. it's under that same fear. Yes. Even when it comes into later books like Medusa, no spoiler alert, alert, but yeah, I think people like alert, alert, alert. Yeah, people like Medusa. I think she's fighting from fear. So that's that. Not single white Medusa though. She fights for love. No. Savage, madness, love. Fear? No way, dude. Yeah, fear. Um. So then, uh, then it all goes away, right? It all goes away. The forge is definitely gone. Um, everything kind of like fades back to normal. Um, go ahead. You have no, a realization. I'll talk to you later. No, that's fine. I'll talk I, to you later. You do this. Um, no. And then it, he sees the mindset of the orcs and all the creatures switch that now that the primary objective is achieved, the forge is gone. Now we can finally let loose on these rangers. The end of the chapter, we were their prize. This was the real battle now, and it was on. We were talking about different Medusas. I was talking we about. We were talking the, about. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about different Medusas. Yeah, and I finally got it. Okay. Thank you for <laughs> catching up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to. I need you to step it up, Jake. I'm not, dude. I haven't done it for every single podcast. I'm not going to start now. <laughs> this is my position. I derail. All right. Well, that's that's 22. We're on a 23. Should we just take a quick sip of our beverages, real quick? Hold on one second. Yeah. Okay. Oh, the meeting will end in 10 minutes. That's fun. Uh, should we just? Uh... No, we'll get we'll get through the we'll get through the battle. Uh, Brum is out of. Oh shoot! I totally missed. I'm, I'm, we're going back to Kennedy real quick because after he flinged out that giant with the fiery whip, he goes yeah. and there's thirty orcs immediately start charging, charging their hill, and he just whips out a flamethrower and shoots out like white hot plasma at these orcs, and everyone's just kind of like laying the hate with their Mark 18s, like, yeah, yeah, get some, get some. And then this gig- all this fire comes from behind them and they slowly turn and they're like, what in the world? And it's little tiny PFC, half Korean Kennedy with his, with his BCGs on, just laying down some serious napalm flavored hate on these guys. And then and after he that- He throws down some fireballs, right? Yeah, right after that, he just throws like a ton of fireballs, which if you've ever played D&D, fireball is like, a a a like i i don't know how to equate it to a weapon system but big explosions huge explosions you use fireballs to take out like lots of dudes with lots of damage and and he was throwing out fireballs bigger than anything they'd already seen so it's this it's got to be some of the staff but kennedy has this like some sort of innate magical thing about him that lets him just conjure these ginormous fireballs and just starts laying hate you, down on the other side. Okay. Every single time I go through this book, I see stronger and stronger signs that these people actually had it before they entered the ruin. And right. the, ruin, they, the ruin just brought it out of them. So you have Kennedy, who I could honestly believe he he was probably had some sort of magic in him but you just can't step into the ruin and then pull up a staff and throw down all this magic without having it before right. you know talker right. has psionics that reach the potential of reaching everybody's mind and uh the uh, sf medic chief rap dude he's we don't realize it but he's actually healing people as he's going through this firefight by just talking to them and calming their, <clears throat> their mental stability. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. That's that. Uh, I'm realizing that I've been skipping between chapter 22 and chapter 23 quite a few times, but you know what? You guys know what's up. So just stumble through this with me. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'm now, and now I'm getting to the part about the fiery whip. So that's cool. We're, we're super organized here at Be Meaner Than It. Um, Kennedy it falls pretty much unconscious and is all intents and purposes now is completely useless after dishing out so much hate in the form of fiery things. Um, while there's a lull, uh, Sergeant Kurtz tells everyone to fall back 
they're about to be overrun. And they're, while their mindset is clicking, the enemy isn't doing their organized uh, you know, attacks with the horns or doing anything like that. It is an all-out rush to the top of the hill because they're trying to get the rangers before dawn comes mm-hmm. when they have to retreat. They can't, they can't be out during the day. They're realizing that they're being pushed to the very top of this hill. They can't go anywhere other than right there. Um, so sometime after, you know, zero three. So, you know, they, they just have to hang on for a, like a couple more hours, which probably is a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> a lifetime. People are starting, it's, it's getting so bad that people are starting to pick up uh, just the enemy weapons because they know that, well, it's going to get real close and real personal real soon. Um, I love that scene in here where a goblin runs up on Sergeant Kurtz. Yes. But dude, it's so amazing. So the goblin jabs him. And I could just see Kurtz being one of those dudes that just looks at him. And then Kurtz drops his rifle, throttles the thing with one hand, and jabs his Tonto knife into his brain. Yes. Like. I could see it all in one fluid motion. Like he's been practicing it his entire life. Yes. Yes. Um, and then he just, I love the visual of him just discarding it over to the side. Like done with that next. It meant nothing to me. Time yeah. to get back. Time to get back to laying the hate. Um, Chief Rap shows up, um, organizes them around the mortar section and the CCP. I love, I love his positivity through this. It's like the most grim thing. They're about to be overrun and just cut up and tortured. Uh, uh, Chief Rap shows up, big old smile. Hey, I guess I'll fight with you boys. Does that, yeah. does that sound good to you? And they're like, yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they're like so weirded out by his positivity. I yeah, and he just walks like super nonchalant through all of it, you know? Yeah, he's like, just like, he's whatever, like, dude. Everybody's like, duh, 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 black on ammo, throw grenades, last Carl Gustav. And there's Chief Rap. Hey, boys, guess I'll fight with you today. Yeah. What? And he's just working his rifle real cool, real slow. Boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. That 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 visual is, uh, is, is real fun to think about, all the chaos going around him. And he's just calm as can be, just yep. taking souls. And then shortly after that, a troll hits the right flank and mm-hmm. lifts up a ranger and bites him in half. Yeah, that's a bad day. So I know this is another one of those Jakeisms, but how do you think you would bite a ranger in half? Like, how would you bite a person in half? Like, would you hold him head by legs and bite him down the middle? Or would you like stuff half his, his torso in your mouth and then just like pull out the legs? Huh. Or would you put the legs would, on him and then rip out the upper I, I was picturing like he picked him up haphazardly and just brought him to his mouth and yeah, but what part? He's the stomach part. That's you where he, he bit. Just, you think he bit the middle? Yeah, I think he bit the middle. Separated. Would that be really? Would that really be in half, or would that be like in thirds? Like he took out a third. I mean, of them? if we're getting, oh my gosh. Jake isms kill me. You know when you when you know when you pick up a hot dog and just bite it in half? It was like that. You do that. I, I never bite them. Dude, who eats a hot dog like that? You're you telling do. me you told me you eat all, all, you end of the hot dog and you bite down the middle? 
I've seen it done. Uh, I've done some research. I've done it myself. It's probably the most manly way to eat a hot dog. I agree. That's why I do it. All right. Only testosterone. Okay, yeah, let's get back. Two minutes to go. Cool Uh, thing about two rangers hop on the troll, hack them. They roll down a hill. They're like, oh, oh my gosh, they're dying. Everybody's going black on ammo. There's some spider monkeys running around. Go ahead. Yeah, spider monkeys. That's, yeah, there are literally spider monkeys running around. Uh, I thought it was interesting to note Chief Rap when he set up the defense, he had a whole lane of fire, a whole section just to himself because he's the freaking man. I love Chief Rap. Um, yeah. Once again, we see those black writers come out. Yes. The, uh, the writers the on the black ride, A black writer came up and in typical Thor fashion, just rapid fires into this thing, annihilates the horse he's riding on. He steps mm-hmm. up like, I'm so powerful. And then his skull disintegrates. Yeah. And he's down. I love Thanks, the modern weaponry against the fantasy enemies. Yeah. It's freaking amazing. And I think that wraps up chapter 23. Yeah, I think we're uh I think I think we're good to go. Yep, there we go. The so they're able to hold them off finally. Chief Rap also says. Uh, we're pushing them. We're close. Dawn comes. They push them back. We'd won for now. And that's going to do it for us. Be meaner than it, folks. Go get Be some. Meaner.